What is the U.S. Space Force, and what are they going to be doing? This is one of many questions Americans have as the new service stands up. I'm your host, Bill Wolf, the president and founder of the Space Force Association. On this edition of A Space Pro, I interview Lieutenant Colonel Robert Mother Folker, the 7th Intelligence Squadron Commander. The 7th Intelligence Squadron falls under 16th Air Force and the 70th ISR Wing. In this interview, we hear the insights from a career intelligence officer on how the U.S. Space Force could organize its intelligence professionals. He highlights a prescription to ensure intelligence is at the forefront of the service. A Space Pro podcast covers topics from military, industry, civil, and education sectors. To gain a better understanding of what the U.S. Space Force is all about and why it is a critical component to our national security, please go to www.ussfa.org and sign up for updates on all topics related to our newest military service. Listen in as we gain the insights of an intelligence squadron commander. Thanks so much for being here, Mother. Hey, Hippie. Thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and, uh, and the Space Force Association. Um, I, uh, I understand this is a, a new organization. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to, to, doing, uh, to hearing more about the work that you guys do. Just for, for my benefit, maybe the benefit of your listeners, can you just tell us, tell us a little bit more about the, the Space Force Association? You bet. I tell you, it was, uh, as I was re- retiring a couple of years ago, I was trying to reach out to folks back in the military to have discussions about what was happening external to the military you know, what industry was doing to help cover down on some of the important missions that the military is responsible for. And to my frustration, there was no way to help the discussion. And so I thought the best way to do that was to create a nonprofit organization that allowed folks to come together under a single umbrella to help support the various mission sets as they stood up the Space Force. And so we created the Space Force Association to help with that discussion. And this is just an example of that. You and I worked together in the past back at Nellis Air Force Base. We stood up or we're standing up the first multi-domain school. And uh, so it's really great to be on this side of things, to have the discussion with you and your current role as the Intel Squadron Commander, and then me standing up this association. So I'm really interested to hear what your thoughts are as an Intel professional and what we might need to do as a Space Force to ensure that we're tracking all the important tasks necessary for the Intel community. Yeah, well, thanks uh, for for, for that background and and again for having me on the show. Let me start with uh, my kind of standard public affairs disclaimer. Uh, Make sure that everybody understands the opinions I expressed are my own. They don't uh, represent the views of the, the Air Force, the Space Force, or the U.S. government. Uh, so I just want to make sure that we're, we're clear about that. And also, just a little bit of a personal disclaimer. I don't want to take uh, certainly more credit uh, or, or, or have people assume that I have uh, more experience or expertise than I do. So I really do not have, I, I have very little uh, space experience uh, to, to speak of and much less expertise. Uh, most of what I have, I've learned from you, Hippie, so you can take uh, credit or the blame for that. <laughs> But um, I, I think that uh, I, I have been in the Air Force for a while. Uh, this summer will be 34 years. Uh, a good bit of that, 14 and a half enlisted time, uh, doing both uh, uh, cyber work uh, for the first few years, 
until the rest of my time. So I do have a lot of general experience across the board at Intel, and I think uh, we can use some of that uh, to, to help us figure out a way ahead. So I, I appreciate uh, including me and being, uh, letting me be a part of the conversation. No, thank you so much. That's, that's huge. And I think it's important for our audience to understand that uh, your credibility is in the fact that you've been and observed this mission set for, for a long time. I'm not talking just about uh, Intel, but the fact that you started off in, in cyber and then became an Intel uh, weapons officer and then now a squadron commander. Uh, that's a big deal. And so what, what I'm curious about, and I think our listeners are, is as we stand up this Space Force, what are some of the thoughts that you've got on how to effectively train Intel professionals to support the space mission? Yeah, that, that's a, a, a great question and a, a broad one. It, it will take some time to go through it. So I'm gonna kind of take a, a, a few steps back and, and give you, I think, some context that'll be helpful. Um, one is I think the Space Force prevents a real opportunity. You know, there are a lot of lessons to be learned uh, from the Air Force uh, on this, um, but, but uh, uh, I think we need to be careful about uh, not doing business the same way necessarily, especially where it doesn't make sense. Um, I, I really hope that this, as we stand up the Space Force, we focus on the warfighting capability. What is the warfighting capability that the Space Force needs to deliver? And then work backward uh, to develop a strategy to, to get there. And if we do that, then that'll help us uh, uh, define and create the right organizational structure that's in line with the strategy to move us forward. And so, uh, as I say, it, it's a real opportunity just to kind of think uh, with a clean slate of <clears throat> what's the, the optimum uh, organization to, to, to support that, like I said, the strategy to get us to deliver the warfighting capabilities that we need. Um, Air Force, and you know, to your specific question, Air Force intelligence uh, or, or intelligence professionals within the Air Force, I should say, really adopt the culture of the tribe that they're assigned to. And so if, if you have an intel uh, guy or gal uh, uh, assigned to a fighter squadron, they really tend to adopt the, the culture of the, the fighter squadron uh, or the bomber squadron or the mobility squadron or the cyber squadron, et, et cetera. So I think that when we talk about how to train the Space Force intelligence professionals, that training needs to start with understanding the, the space warfighting capabilities and mission sets that they have to do those. We, we, <clears throat> we've done a lot of things, like um, when I was assigned to an F-16 squadron at, at Kunsan, uh, one of the first things that they did was put me in the jet, uh, give me a fam ride, so I would un have a better understanding of what the pilot uh, does, uh, what, what uh, the, the, the stressors on him, the, the tasks that he had to accomplish. And so when I'm, you know, if I'm giving him a threat briefing of how he needs to execute a 90 degree orthogonal roll off axis to you know, defeat a specific threat, it's like, dude, <laughs> he's got a lot of stuff going on. He's not, not thinking that specifically. So you really have to put things that are uh, teaching a way that's executable given the environment that he's in. And I think it's really no different from the Space Force uh, intelligence professionals. They have to understand things from the space operator perspective 
uh, and so that they can help them to define the Intel requirements. If the Intel folks are waiting for the space operators to tell us what they need, we're going to be waiting a long time because they don't know, and we don't know. So we have to, to work together to, to find that out. Um, another quick uh, kind of a, or, or another example of this, when they first stood up the CyberWIC uh, within the, the uh, 328th uh, that had the, the space wick at the time, uh, the initial cadre and came. The, uh, the, I'm sorry, that's the weapons instructor course at the U.S. Air Force Weapons School. Yeah. yeah, thank yeah. you. Sorry for the for the acronym. Appreciate the, the clarification for, for our audience. <clears throat> but the initial cadre for the cyber course there uh, came to us. And when I say us, I was in the 19th Weapons Squadron, which is the intelligence uh, division of the weapons school, and said, hey, we really need some help in defining what intelligence uh, we need as we move forward with the cyber course. And so I said, okay, so what, what do you need? He said, well, that's just it. We don't know. <laughs> and so we, 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 took, uh, we took two of our Intel instructors and had them follow the, the cyber instructors, the initial cadre to develop the course so that they could be, a, as a team, figure that out. And I think that was, that was a really good approach that we took there. And I think it's the same approach we need to take uh, as we stand up the, the Space Force. Um, no, I appreciate that. You know, the yeah, um, getting the operator's perspective. I, I've been talking a lot about that. And as a space operator, a 20-year space operator, uh, I have the same opinion is we've not done a good job defining what those warfighting roles are. And for many, many years, we've been seen as a support entity and not a warfighting operational arm of the military. And so now that we're there, to your point, absolutely, we've got to codify what that means. What are the warfighting missions? How do we do them? And what are the intelligence requirements that we've got to support those? So I think you're spot on there, and I, I appreciate that. Now, without getting into any classified information, obviously, what types of threats should the U.S. Space Force be focused on? And you could just use analogies from the air domain, you know, if you want to get into how that might translate into the space domain. Yeah, sure. I, uh, I understand. Um, I don't, at the risk of uh, sounding, you know, like a one-trick pony, I just want to say again, we, we need to start with the warfighting capabilities of the Space Force um, to, to, uh, to include our understanding of blue capabilities and the vulnerabilities to those capabilities. Um, equally, if not even more so, we need to apply that same mindset to understanding the warfighting capabilities of our competitors. And I use the word competitors deliberately um, because I, I think uh, that the space domain is gonna present uh, a lot of um, additional challenges outside kind of the traditional mindset of, of an enemy. I think um, you know, that the, the unclassified portion of the national defense strategy uh, talks about that, that we need to increase our competitive space a lot of our adversaries are not taking on the military 1v1 or in, in a, a, uh, a traditional approach. They're, they're operating in those gray areas. And I think the space domain is, uh, uh, gives us, helps us expand that competitive space. 
in, in some positive ways. And so we may be competing with people who are not uh, enemies in the traditional sense, but certainly competitors in that domain we have to understand and be able to respond to. Um, the kind of the, the basics of all intelligent, intelligence uh, talks about we need to understand the intentions and the capabilities of those competitors. Um, and, and when I say capabilities, I'm not just talking about satellites. Uh, we also need to look at the ground stations, uh, the cyber capabilities, the mil other military capabilities of those forces, um, and, and look at the threat uh, our, our competitors from a holistic perspective. There, there's a lot of facets that, that go into that. So, um, and, and again, not just for, from kind of taking it back to the, the Air, an Air Force analogy uh, again is, you know, we, we, when I first started in the Air Force, a lot of our focus, and rightly so, was on, you know, threats to the pilot in the cockpit. What, what could shoot him down when he was flying or harm him? And we've seen in this, uh, you know, since uh, the global war on terror, is that uh, our adversaries, uh, they don't have much of an Air Force to challenge us, and so they don't. So where are the, the primary threats uh, is in the force protection business, you know, to our bases, to, to our people. Um, that's the things we have to, th to think about. So ju just as we look at threats to our bases and our airmen for the Space Force, we need to really make sure we're aware of the, the, the ground stations, not just the satellites, and the, the threats to, to our space vanguards and make sure that they're, they're protected from a holistic perspective. That, that you know, the bottom line is uh, the threats we need to look at are our competitors' weapon systems, uh, those nation states, uh, I mentioned the intentions and capabilities of those, and also competing organizations that may be non-nation states, but that have some, some it's not a space capability per se, that they can pose a threat to our uh, space uh, warfighting capability. That's you kind cut of a out broad there, answer. Yeah, I, I, Mother, I, you, you cut out there that last sentence, cut out there just a little bit, if you wouldn't mind repeating that. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I just was saying at the bottom line, we need to look, to look at uh, our competitors' weapon systems, the nation states, the in intentions and capabilities of those nation states, and also the non-nation state actors, those com uh, competing organizations that may not have a space warfighting capability per se, but that can uh, threaten uh, our space warfighting capability. No, that's perfect. Thank you. Um, one last one last question. I know you've got a lot going on over there, but one last question is what can the Space Force learn about existing coordination and collaboration processes that you're familiar with, the, the TAS processes, the TATS, the TARPS? Would you mind just providing just a, a quick summary of how those have been working to really evolve? the discussion about potential threats to our air domain? Uh, man, that's a, that's a hard question. Because uh, a lot of those, a lot of those areas we're, we're still trying to, trying to figure that out even on the, on the air side, you know, they, they've, they've really evolved over time. You mentioned the, the TAT process, uh, kind of the genesis for that was, um, there were just some uh, good, uh, airmen, intelligence, intelligence professionals in the Air Force who realized they had uh, information that our pilots needed, but they were prevented by, uh, you know, security policy uh, to, to, to provide that. 
And so they said, we have to find a way to get the, our air crew behind the green door so that they can have access to, to this information. And, and I think um, maybe that will be, be in reverse uh, for the Space Force. You know, a lot of our space capabilities are in the advanced program realm. And if, if, we, if we leave, keep, if we restrict access to uh, the advanced programs in our, our space uh, uh, force, if we restrict access to that to just the space operators, and we don't bring the intelligence professionals into that world, uh, you're, we're going to handicap our intelligence uh, uh, vanguards and not be able to provide the support that they need. So, so we need to make sure that we, we're, we're bringing both sides in behind the green door so that we can have a, 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 a candid and informed conversation about, the, about those threats and how to, how to provide the proper support. No, that's perfect. And I know there's, this is probably one of probably many engagements I, I'd like to have on this topic, realizing that, uh, to your point, we can keep talking about this for hours on end. I do appreciate your time today, uh, Colonel Folker, and I know you've got a lot of things going on. And so thanks again for, for your words and your advice and any, any final recommendations you'd have for the Space Force as they stand up this important intelligence mission? Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the thing I think it's important for all of us to, to think about as we stand up uh, the Space Force is that training is going to be a huge burden. It is going to require a lot of uh, money and resources, time and expertise uh, to, to bring you know, th this together. It's based on the questions that, that you asked today. So we really need to be smart about how to effectively deliver that training in a cost-efficient manner uh, so, so that we can uh, get, uh, get all the, the Space Force on the, on the same page and, and help them advance as they go forward. Because if we are just training small pockets of our vanguards, um, we're going to leave a lot of people behind and this isn't going to, it's going to be a lot harder to, to stand this up uh, successfully. That is, that is perfect. That's a perfect summary. And I, I suspect uh, what that's going to, the cost that's going to come as is personnel. You know, how do we have the personnel? And if we don't have the personnel, perhaps we look at opportunities to outsource some of that training. So great words and uh, makes a lot of sense. So I appreciate your time. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to, to talk with us about what your perspectives are as an Intel professional and how the Space Force could move forward to develop the right intelligence expertise and the criticality of that mission set. So thanks again for your time, and we will talk to you soon. Hippie, thank, thank you so much. And again, thank you for allowing me to be a part of this conversation. It's an exciting time, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, sir. Talk soon. Yes, sir. On this edition of A Space Pro, I interviewed Lieutenant Colonel Robert Mother Folker, the 7th Intel Squadron Commander. In this interview, we hear the insights from a career intelligence officer on how the U.S. Space Force could organize its intelligence professionals. He highlights a prescription to ensure intelligence is at the forefront of the service. A Space Pro podcast covers topics from military, industry, civil, and education sectors. 
to gain a better understanding of what the U.S. Space Force is all about and why it is a critical component to our national security, please go to ussfa.org and sign up for updates on all topics related to our newest military service. Thank you for listening.